Renewable energy is on the rise in sub-Saharan Africa, but women are being left in the dark. Hello everyone, my name is Ena Ijato and welcome to the Clean Tech Pod, where we foster necessary conversations about clean tech innovations and sustainable development across Africa. Today, we will be talking about building a career in the renewable energy sector as an African woman. Despite the sector's growth, women are lagging behind men in leadership and technical roles. The International Renewable Energy Agency reports that women only make up one-third of the renewable energy workforce worldwide. This is a huge gap, and I want you to think about it for a second. This isn't happening because women are uninterested in the sector, but on equal access to education, limited opportunities for technical training, and unfair company policies are just some of the factors that are keeping women out of the sector. But closing this gender gap, is critical for sustainable and inclusive economic growth and for achieving gender equality. It is time to shed light on this issue and walk towards a brighter future for all. Joining us today is Mrs. Lande Abudu, the component lead for solar home systems on the World Bank Nigeria Electrification Project. She was the former CEO of Renewable Energy Association of Nigeria and has led market development for West Africa at a multinational company. She is a European Energy Centre accredited renewable energy expert and a member of the Energy CPD Renewable Energy Professionals. Mrs. Abudu is a trailblazer in the industry and an inspiration to many women seeking to make their mark in the energy sector. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for having me. Thank you for being here with us today. Um, I just hope that this is going to be a very enlightening conversation about how women are navigating the energy sector in Africa. So just to jump right in, I would just want to ask you how your journey began into the renewable energy sector um, in the continent. I, I like to call myself an accidental renewable energy participant. And why do I say so? Because for the, you know, for almost 18 years, I've been working in essentially non-renewable in the non-renewable world at NGOs or social enterprises. So my natural leaning is towards the third sector. So an opportunity came up and it came up to do both to actually make a difference as well as help energy access. So it was a solar home system company with presence in the African space in 12 African countries. So for me, it was delightful. I jumped at the chance and yes, that was my entry into formal renewable energy space. Hmm, that sounds very interesting. I think this intersectionality between the various backgrounds um, that have sort of built your entry into the industry has um, expanded the way you're able to interpret um, like injustices and just generally um, accessibility of energy access in the continent, yes? Absolutely, absolutely. So it's that connection always because nothing is in isolation. So I've always been passionate about inclusion and I've always in my own way geared towards sustainability so it was a meeting of both worlds and it was a it was a chance to look at this you know how energy access affects women and how we can do better with um, energy poverty and include women so yes it was a perfect mix hmm, that sounds very amazing and i think that ties very um neatly into the conversation that we're having today um, which is just about how women can access opportunities in the energy sector because we have seen that it has been a challenging the, the, the data shows that it's one third in the entire world and we're not even just going to talk about Africa and also the challenges that exist in our context regarding gender equality and women's accessibility to this um, information and skills required for them to thrive in this sector so I want to ask you um, what challenges did you personally face 
face while you were entering into the sector and while you worked at various levels to get to where you are today? Yeah, I think one of the main challenges is, and that's what I'm sure a lot of women will say, we're invisible. <laughs> we're actually hmm. invisible. People don't even think, oh, include them. It's always, you know, the opportunities seem to be open only to men. So that's the biggest challenge. If you're not even recognizing 50% of the population, where do we even start? So I think that what I'd say is the biggest, like on the macro level, that's the biggest challenge. People have dumbed down expectations about women. People think that you're not capable. People assume that obviously, because we know the reality is we are the ones that are going to get pregnant and have babies, that they would rather not employ women because of time off and all the rest of it. And of course, we then tend to be primary carers, especially as Nigerians and African women. So this is the um, general way of our of our cultural being. So I think that's really, really one of the biggest challenges. You know? yeah, I, I like um, the, the, the points that you made. You made two very significant points just now. You talked about how there are the cultural norms that are that surrounds the perception of women's capability in the workforce, and you also mentioned about like um, company policies that do not protect women um, who have responsibilities that, um, like especially biological responsibilities that they want to participate in, like um, birthing children and caregiving. I think those are very significant things that you've mentioned and aside from those can you also just give me like a personal experience that you've had like something that's personal extremely probably ridiculous that you've had in this sector <laughs> about oh. um just being a woman there are several but i think one of the ones that still sticks and that's because you wouldn't believe it it wasn't like it was a long time ago this was i'd say maximum three years ago but it sticks because I was invited to be on a panel and we were also reviewing some renewable energy policies. So unfortunately, as is often the case, I was the only woman in a room with about 15 other men. So we'd done all the whole panel and all the technical things. And then it was the tea break and we went out for the tea break. The first thing one of the participants said was, oh, is Landy going to help serve tea? And I was alarmed. I was alarmed, irritated, annoyed, and many other emotions. But I thought, you know, as you mentioned, what are the challenges we face? It's also an opportunity to prefer a solution and to re-educate people and reorient them. So yes, I had a good five minutes with him and the anger did die down, but we're friends now. And I think he's also learned to do better. Hmm. That sounds like a um, very... Um, trying experience because I think personally as a woman I can re- I can relate um, easily with this especially working in a sector that's really male dominated um, there's a lot of um, patriarchal structures that sort of um, make it very impossible for women to not face these kinds of situations in their everyday um, encounters, especially in serious places. Like you mentioned, a panel where you wanted to talk about your expertise and someone makes gender a focus. And that can be really problematic and demoralizing for a lot of women. And it's great how you handle the situation by talking about reorienting. I think that's a very important thing to remember that when we face this adversary, um, it gives us a chance to examine this situation properly and look at ways that we can make it better. So uh, I think that's a very great takeaway from that personal story. Um, But what do you also think um, are 
ways to overcome them as a woman, you know, working in industry, like on a very practical level, when you face these challenges, what do you think women should do um, in the face of this? Yeah, as I said, it's to take a deep breath and to try not to be too emotional about it. A lot of it is done, I mean, I say inadvertently, some people will still be bigoted, you know, regardless. But I think a lot of it stems from that acceptance of, look, these people need help. These people don't really know and these people are the weaker sex. So that has to be debunked in its entirety and its totality. You know, it's unacceptable. So I think that's the main thing. We have to be rational and deliberate about reorienting people on how it is. So it's not just men, it's also women, women who immediately go into the kitchen thinking that's Uh where they should be. No, if you like it, that's where you can be. But if you don't like it, you can also be in another in another area. So I think that's one of the first things. We need to calmly, we need to support each other and we need to re-educate people on how best to include. Okay, that's great. I think I just want to mention um, one particular, I'll just ask rather one particular thing before we move on to the next um, question. I wanted to ask, um, have you ever faced a situation where it felt like you were excluded just because you were a woman? Like um, how people talk about men's club in workspaces and how they sort of sometimes band together and in a way sort of exclude women from being included in those spaces and taking them along to learn and just grow in their careers. Have you ever experienced that? Pretty much um, most of the time. I'm fortunate to be, um, you know, at at an organization now. So REA is implementing the Nigeria Electrification Project and gender is a big focus. Gender inclusion is huge. So there's a gender desk and even in our our grant, um, you know, grant documents, people have to show that there's gender inclusion, there's 30% representation of women in their organization. So I'm fortunate now that, you know, that's less of the picture. So that's made everybody aware. And that's what most people should aspire to. Company policies should really support the change and inclusion and will begin to to get there and make headway. But, you know, prior to this, it's, we almost accept it as women that this is going to be it. There will be exclusion. So if we're going to be, so when they're constituting boards, you'll find that the chair will be male, the vice chair will be male. And sometimes they'll think, oh, well, let's just put a treasurer as a female, you know? So that tends to be what we, what we have. So I tell people now, if I'm going to be on a board, or if I'm going to be on an advisory board, if there's a vice and there's a chair, it has to be one of, you know, I'm not going to always be the vice chair. Why can't a woman be the chair? I love that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I think that's a very powerful way to just go into that culture, company cultures and company policies that make sure that women are always included, especially in leadership positions, because I think those are the key areas um, that would talk about um, something like representation. And that leads me to my next question. Um, What do you think are the unique strengths of women in the renewable energy sector and what is the importance of representation, especially for the younger generations in sectors like these that are usually male dominated? Yeah, I think I think um, inclusion across all social strata is very important. It gives us the diversity of experience and the diversity of ability, and that's what brings a richness to to an organisation. So that's very key. In terms of unique strength, I think women face you know unique challenges. So 
in the energy space, energy poverty affects women disproportionately, especially in rural communities. And we know that, you know, Nigeria's population is large. There's lots of people in the rural communities. So energy poverty, you know, honing in on our own specific conversation, energy poverty affects security. So in darkened areas, a woman won't feel safe to move around in the night. And of course, lack of clean cooking impacts generally. We know we tend to be the the homemakers in in our environment. And of course, this leads to potentially no access to education if you can't study in the evening. So who gets to be relegated? It's like, okay, let's make all the effort to have the boy educated, but the girl child potentially not. So energy poverty, it's a very, you know, it has far reaching adverse, um, adverse effects. But in terms of the unique strengths we can bring is because of that specific understanding that we can then see, look, as producers and consumers of energy, this is how we see it and this is how we can solve it. You know, many people we know have started almost, again, accidental renewable energy developers simply by looking at their mother suffering over a charcoal fire and thinking, how can I make this different? So I think those are the unique strengths that we can bring, a deeper understanding of the potential of not having, you know, solutions, clean energy solutions. That sounds amazing. And um, uh, I think you have just like hit the nail on the head when you talked about the fact that if you don't have like um, a personalized experience, sometimes you cannot identify the areas that are lacking. And I think just mentioning the fact that when women are in this space and are able to use their experiences um, and the experiences of other women that they're very familiar with, they can um, prefer solutions that can make it better for women to access um, the resources and access the opportunities that exist in the sector. I wanted to just add quickly um, about what you thought was um, the importance of representation for the younger generation of women who are looking to get into the clean energy space. Oh, that's huge. And maybe I'll just take some time to, to um, you know, to break it down, go backwards and then come forward to answer it. So it's very important that there's representation because there has to be an example to the younger generation. They have to see all of us being able to do it and think, oh, if that person is there, there's an opportunity there. And that's the biggest thing, you know being there as an example. So it shows that somebody can fill that opportunity. Somebody that looks like you and thinks like you can fill an opportunity in the renewable energy space. So I think that's the most powerful statement when you see women up and doing in the space. So it encourages the younger ladies to come into the space. But where does the problem start in the first place? And these are the things that we need to look at to do better to ensure that the younger generation can come in. We know that between four to seven percent representation is what we have of women in the upper and lower houses of the Nigerian government. So how do we even begin to solve problems when there's very little representation where legislation is supposed to come out? That's one of the things we need to tackle. And that's a challenge to surmount. We need to get data. We need to compile gender disaggregated data, which will give us a granular picture of where we are and start to learn how to fix the problems and prefer solutions. We need to mentor them and we need to have, you know, increased STEM education for specifically for um, girls and young women to bring them into the space, to give them that idea that, look, this isn't scary. Maths isn't scary. Chemistry isn't scary. Physics isn't scary. You know, science is something you can all do. We're all born with approximately 2.5 kg of gray matter. Doesn't matter whether you're man or woman, you know, so we have the same abilities. 
So it's about getting them to understand that, look, you can do what you want to do. Believe in yourself. Hmm. That sounds very powerful. I was just taking notes as you were mentioning this um, insightful ways that, you know, representation can be enhanced and why representation is actually important for women in the, the renewable energy sector. Um, and I think when we are talking about um, this year's International Women's Day celebrations team, I think it's a very timely theme because it ties into how fast paced this digital um, age is moving and why it is very important for us to key into this particular um, technology, this particular tool. And um, I just wanted to know what do you think of the role that digital technology plays in the renewable energy sector? Oh, I think it can be huge. I mean, essentially, we're in the middle of a fourth industrial revolution, revolution, and long may it last. You know, so technology is going to drive the next wave of everything, and we already see it happening. You know, on a on a um, like on a base level, quickly, even financial inclusion. Again, if we look at the figures, it's terrible. Women are always more financially excluded than men. You know, data for last year, I believe, from from CBN shows that I think women are still less than 40% included financially. So in terms of that, you know, that digital technology will help will help to address that and bring them more into the 21st century where they can make choices and they can actually, you know, come into the to the real world, as we say. And it will also help um, stop rural flights because everybody comes into the cities thinking they can make it big. But if digital technology is everywhere and, you know, it starts from the smallest thing, just simply USSD codes being available in far flung rural areas, people will begin to see these things, be able to apply them in their daily lives and certainly grow and um, be productive for themselves and for the nation. Thank you so much for that um, that tie you made with financial inclusion and digital technology and just generally how women how women are connected to this particular um, these two things because I think it's very important for us to be able to examine the economic consequences of excluding women from accessing digital technologies because it's not just about um, obviously the enormous. Um, advantages that exist in using digital technology to enhance um, the renewable energy space. It also includes looking at it from a woman's perspective, which I love that you did, talked about how financial inclusion plays a very key role in how women can even begin to think of contributing to those advancements. And I think that ties it neatly to how um, digital technology and innovation are just you know, interwoven in how women can access opportunities in the renewable energy sector and in any other career that they choose to um, to follow or to tread. And um, I think the, the, the last question I would like to ask you is, how do you think we can reduce this growing disparity between men and women in accessing digital technologies and innovation? Um, how do you think that these um, challenges can be um, addressed? Okay, so maybe I'd alluded to it a little bit by saying we create awareness. So it was great that the theme for this year's um, International Women's Day was digital technology for equity. And, you know, that creates awareness, global awareness, and it starts to trickle down, you know, regionally as well. So I think that's really, really important. But then following awareness, you let people know that this is a, you know, this is a positive thing. This is a good thing. And it's available to all of you. We then need to make it available to everybody. 
And of course, this needs funding. So some will be done through charitable organizations. So, you know, the, the major telcos, they do go into rural communities and sort of empower them with, um, you know, with mobile devices and other electronic aids, things like that. And government should also have a focus on doing something to, to include people. And um, I think, you know, those are the two main things we can do, educating them on how to use to use these things and just offering it, almost having a quota to say, look, we need to deliberately include, you know, everybody and say, this is the strategy and formulate a strategy to to get into, to get more women into the digital space. Thank you so much. Um, I think there's three things you've mentioned about awareness, about um um, governing bodies and other um, organizations that are interested in ensuring that gender equality exists in this space and also formulating strategies to ensure that awareness and other forms of accessibility are included to ensure that women and girls are able to access digital technology and use it to enhance their careers, their educational um, aspirations and all the things that they need to thrive in this increasingly digital world. Um, I think finally, I know I said finally already, but I just really want you to just say something to other women who are leaders in the renewable energy sector. How do you think you know they can stand as um, a source of ladder for other women to be, for especially the younger generation, to be able to reach into spaces of leadership or even just gain entry into the renewable energy sector? Yeah, great, great one that, because that's the biggest thing. So women must support each other, not lip service, not only on 8th of March, International Women's Day, but we must always be focused on that SDG5, which is equality, gender equality. We must support each other first and foremost. It's not, you know, it's not a fight against the other gender. It's more of let's get equity. So it's about supporting each other, being role models and deliberately taking the time to either employ, engage, promote or educate, you know, women in the space. So always look, if you're hiring, look to see if you have 10 men, why are there 10 men? Is it that women don't know about it or is it they're not capable? What's the issue? There's got to be parity in applications, in the workspace, everything. And I think, you know, that will start stand us in good stead as a way forward. Hmm. Thank you so much. I think um, just mentioning about the fact that we need to facilitate spaces where younger generations of women and older generations of women in this um, energy space, or just not even just about generational divide, um, but more about like um, levels of achievement in the renewable energy space. That integration and that collaboration in a space can help facilitate networking and mentorship. I think um, those key things that you've mentioned are very important for women to take away when they think about, oh, this is where I've arrived in my career. How can I help other young women and other women looking to access the opportunities that I have had? Thank you so much for this enlightening and very insightful conversation. Um, I can't express how grateful we've all been listening to you talk about your experience and giving us just rich insights into um, the intersections between um, women and um, the renewable energy sector and digital technology. Um, thank you so much. Once again. Thank you, and it's been very nice. So thank you everybody for listening. I hope you've learned a lot from this conversation that we've had today about how women can access, um, just generally build a career in the renewable energy sector in Africa. 
closing the gender gap in the renewable energy sector is crucial, you know, because this can lead to increased innovation, better economic performance, and improved social outcomes. So it's important that we all work together to prioritize investments in education and training for women in this important sector, because when we invest in women, we invest in a brighter future for everyone. Thank you.